Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What's up? This is Kelly, and you're listening to Rising Convert Podcast. More people than ever are converting to Islam, and lots of people are investing in themselves. We want to see progression. We want to see growth. And I, as a Muslim convert, I am passionate about self-guided growth. I love thinking future forward. I love building on a better life as a Muslim. And so I'm sitting down to storytell my personal experiences to share with you my life journey and how it is that I live it as a Muslim convert. I will also, inshallah, lead conversations with diverse people to bring you episodes that are going to promote personal empowerment and growth, but to also strip away barriers in any judgment so all of us can continue to take advantage of the opportunities we have and take action on the things that serve us. The intention of this podcast is to share things so everyone can blossom and flourish in this life. Assalamu alaikum. Hey everyone, welcome back to Rising Convert Podcast. Those of you who are new, thank you for tuning in and supporting. This episode is a focus on the relationship that I have and that you can have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I say that because, you know, becoming a Muslim, maintaining that closeness, that connection can be difficult. If you're like me who've been in a situation where you lived with family, members and have family members who are not Muslim, uh, you may experience some of the things uh, like myself, which is, you know, being able to talk about being a Muslim, being able to talk about the Islamic, Islamic teachings that you've learned, being able to put those Islamic teachings in place, especially if you lived at home with your parents. And then having friends um, who are non-Muslim. So if you maintain friendships with people who don't identify again, those are your social surroundings. So it may look different. And again, the activities, the things that you're doing, this is your support system, or at least that's how you saw it was. And that now has changed since you've converted. So like myself, my social groups have stayed the same, but things have changed. And so that can maybe, you know, have you feel like if you don't have that main, that solid foundation, or maybe that solid relationship that you might be looking for with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because I know that when I was in that position, that's how I felt. I felt that sometimes if I was attending or hanging out with my group of friends who weren't necessarily bringing me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, they were necessarily also against it, but they also weren't like for it completely. You know, there's there's boundaries that you have with your friends and you respect every single person um, based on their own beliefs and their own lifestyle. So that's, that's something that you might've struggled with like myself. And then the other part is Arabic, the language. <laughs> I don't speak Arabic. Arabic is not my first language. So I know when I first learned how, you know, the Quran is written in classical, classical Arabic, um, which is a lot different than just regular, I guess, the Arabic language today. Um, it's it's difficult to go and attend some lectures and to be able to understand it. Um, even sometimes the transliteration is a little bit off, and so you're reading something. Um, I know I find myself sometimes not making much sense, and I have to reread. Um, and then just a lot of translation that's happening when you're going from the Quran to like English um, and different interpretations of like what those meanings are. And so that can be make you feel 
Like it's like you're not fully grasping the wholeness of what the Quran brings, the messages of God. And so I know I felt that a bit, you know, so maybe you're on the same boat with me. Maybe you can relate with all these three things that I've just mentioned, or maybe just one of them. But I'm here to share with you what helped me to continue to maintain closeness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's very important to be close um, with our creator and to be able to bring that forward into life every single day as much as we can. And so first off, um, one of the things I, I decided to do when I, I knew I needed a bit of a change, a bit of a boost to pick me up is to study the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I looked at it in, in a way where I'm getting to know somebody new. When you get to know somebody new, you, you know, you meet them, you hang out with them maybe more frequently, you call them up, uh, you experience a lot more memories and more time than things together, and you build a relationship. And you get to know each other a little bit better, you get to know each other's characteristics. And though we all want to put forward and recognize that, and understand that the fact that God's omniscient, singular, you know, and just, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has these attributes and traits that are mentioned within the Quran and being able to understand each trait was also going to allow me to build closeness and be able to reach out upon the, the strength that, that God has and how calling upon specific names like Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most merciful, um, is something that we have to continue to do because it builds a deeper connection when we're making prayer. So, for example, Al-Mawlai, Al-Mawlai, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he, in a moment like this, in this moment right now, actually, after I just tried pronouncing the name in Arabic, in Arabic, I, I give myself a lot of grace. But what that means, I'm going to translate what I just said, it means a protector. And so when I'm making prayer and I'm able to call upon a, a name, it makes my prayer that much more full and connected because I feel like I'm not just repeating the same names, like I'm making the conscious effort to understand what my creator can do, what the traits are. Um, Al-Adal is the, the most just. It's another name that I can call upon. Um, and and Al-Qahar, Al-Wahab, like the, the most, the bestower, all these names, you continue to make a list of them little by little when you start learning them that will deepen the connection already because you understand what a creator is capable but again understanding that god is like no other singular and omniscient right um and i might be saying the word omniscient not right i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right but point being is that was something that supported me in maintaining that closeness because we can call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever, wherever we want to go. You know, he's constantly with us. Unlike meeting someone new and building a new friendship, you know, setting up a plan, setting up a specific time, creating a specific plan to do a hangout to get to know. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can get to know at any time at all costs. Like it, it doesn't take a whole lot. So studying the names for me was something that I was in control of. And so that really supported me in being able to get get down, make salat, salat is prayer, and be able to continue this journey of learning new things of my creator. The second thing is, this is a quote that maybe some of you may or may have not, may or may have seen, but here it goes. It says, you remember Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remember you. This is also something that is written in the Quran. And this is very powerful. And I think that this is something that everyone should maybe have, especially if you're struggling as your home screen page on your phone. Maybe something that you have on your laptop home screen. Maybe it's a lock screen. But I know I had this for a very long time on both my laptop screen or my home screen. Sometimes at the same time and sometimes every now and then. Like I would switch them up. Other times I'd have them on a sticky note and I would post it in my bedroom. This was something that I had posted in my bedroom when I was living at home with my parents. This is also something that I was super grateful to just have done for myself because when I looked at my phone and I was out with my friends, I would just remember that, right. And so if I was struggling emotionally with something and maybe it was a decision that I had to make, I don't know, maybe it was something that my friends might've been ask, asking of me and I just didn't know how to respond. Or maybe if I started even feeling this slight bit of pressure, I would have it on my phone and I would look and I'm like, you know what? Alhamdulillah, like I have the strength and courage that God has granted me and I'm going to use that and I would call upon him and I would use that and I it was a constant reminder and so I think just having something that resonates with you having something that reminds you um, and that's just also part of like holding yourself accountable of growing as a Muslim and so this is a reminder as well for you if you're you know while you're listening into this is that you're responsible for your journey you're responsible for the decisions you're going to make and how you're going to continue to grow as a Muslim. And I really knew that I had to do something for myself because I just knew that th being a Muslim convert and maintaining the friends that I have, I'm the one that has to make the decisions. At the end of the day, I have to make a choice and I have to continue to make choices and I have to continue to stand up for myself. And how I was gonna do that is by yes, calling upon Allah SWT. Yes, um, you know, putting my heart into my faith and, and, you know, believing in what Islam brings to me. But also what supports that, that foundation is the practice. And so to be able to have the practice um, in situations, especially like myself, like earlier on where I was going through struggles and I knew that there was, not everything was gonna be peachy and there was gonna be ups and downs. I needed those reminders. And so that was a reminder. And so this is a reminder for you. Once again, you remember Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remember you. The other thing that I did was dhikr. Um, I started doing dhikr like mainly in the morning. Sometimes I would listen to it on YouTube, very silently and quietly. This was also something that I did play when I would like clean or cook. And I, I still do it now even when I'm ending my post-workout, I'll listen to some dhikr. 
or maybe it's if I'm doing cardio, I'll listen to the good. Like these are just simple things that you can listen to. And for me, naturally, you know, an example again, if I go to the gym, I'm starting my workout session, I'll listen to the good. Um, it, it's something on you can put on YouTube, and it instantly makes me want to give praise to Allah Taala to show my gratitude. And then I'm just, I feel like that is something that, again, brings me back to remembering Allah Taala and continuing to want to apply and be the best, you know, the Islamic principles and to be the best Muslim I can be for the rest of my day um, and for it to carry forward into the next day. And again, this is, again, something that I could easily do because it's just not something I can play on my phone. This is something I can do post prayer. This is something that I can do while I'm in the car alone. And it's something that you can just tell yourself at any, again, any point in time. Being able to say the words, Alhamdulillah, SubhanAllah, Allahu Akbar. These are words that are so powerful. You know, SubhanAllah, Wabi, Hamdi, like all these things. Again, just these are just small little things that can help you and support you along the way. Again, if you're like me, who are surrounded with people who are non-Muslim, you don't understand the language, get to know to fully understand the dhikr, because this is something that can take you a long way. It, it still takes me a long way. So that's something that really supported me. The other thing, getting down to to going to lectures, understanding what people are saying in Arabic, especially, um, again, if you've been in a position like myself, when I was first starting off back, you know, in my hometown, I, I attended what I could when I could when friends invited me. Oftentimes it was in Arabic, but I just loved being surrounded by people who were, you know, believing in the same things that I was believing in and being able to relate and talk to other human beings, other Muslims, sisters and brothers who I could connect with and bond with over, you know, the lifestyle of, of Islam. And so that, that brought me peace and that brought me closeness, but to a certain point. Because after a while for me, it really just wasn't taking me anywhere. I really wanted more. And so I began to read things and search things online. And you can't really believe everything that's written online. You're going to see a lot of opinions. You're going to see a lot of, um, you know, uh, unsolicited advice <laughs> um, and comments. But, you know, you do your research. One, one website, which I really enjoy, and I'll post it um, on the description box here on uh, the podcast description and in YouTube description, but it's called alislam.org. I really enjoy that web page. There's so many things that I have learned. I'll type in a question, something will populate. There's readings and books from scholars, Islamic leaders, and yeah, I just it's a great place for me. It's a great resource. It's a reliable resource, um, and that was a place where I was able to understand and read the teachings that were coming from the Quran and the stories, history, we're talking about stories of history of Islam. And so that was something that I really took into. And when I continued to read something, I would also was taking notes, especially early on um, as a Muslim convert. Again, the, the learning is constant. Um, the five pillars of Islam is the solid foundation. Everything else, it's so hard to learn in, 
um, when you're just listening to Arabic, um, Arabic in the language of Arabic, and you don't even understand it, especially when you also try to hear it from others, you're technically reading their interpretation. And so, you know, what I learned and what works best for me, just knowing the kind of person that I am, is that if I was going to hear from anybody, I wanted to hear from a, uh, a scholar, someone who studied this, someone who went to school for this, someone who truly did their work and has invested their life in this. And so that was why, that is why I leaned into alislam.org. Um, every now and then, of course, I would ask a couple questions to other, uh, you know, Muslim brothers and sisters, but whatever they would tell me, I would take it with a grain of salt, I would listen, because um, obviously I would ask a question, I was very curious, and it would give me a direction on where, did, where it is that I needed to go or where it is that I wanted to ask to get more information or to get clarity on the topic that I was curious about. So that was something. Um, reading something that you understand that makes sense to you. Those of you, if you do check out alislam.org, which I highly recommend, it might not work for you. It might be a website that might be too clunky with a lot of information. Maybe you don't like the navigation. Maybe it's not something that works for you. That's totally fine. That's totally cool. Another thing that I, I ended up doing that helped me understand things more or helped me understand a little bit, but then I got intrigued my, uh, my interest um, and got me curious was, I don't even know what I put. I think it was who wants to be a millionaire, but it was the slam version. And you just go and you like test your knowledge and it's a really fun actually i don't know the name of that link but if i do find it i will also post it in the description but that was something that i used and so they would ask a question uh, history question classic like five pillar questions and it's just a fun way to exercise what you've learned what you know and um, again to also see what gaps what areas you maybe want to focus on and what areas um, maybe you want to learn more about. So that was something. The other thing is, and this is the last thing that I, I, I do, is I stay connected to the Quran. You know, the Quran is, it's, it's the book. It's the book as Muslims that we should be reading every single day. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I don't necessarily read and pick up the Quran every single day. There's a few, couple of years now that I have done that, but now it's more so I want to feel it on a, on a more personal level. And by feel it, I mean tafsir. I've really been into tafsir these days. So I'll watch a couple of YouTube videos. This is something I did earlier on when I converted into Islam. And then it's something I ended up putting off to the side because people were saying you should read the entire Quran and you should learn how to read it in, in uh, Fusha Arabi, which is the classical Arabic. And it is hard. It is so tough. So I was trying to do that. I was trying to read it in Arabi. So then I ended up getting a gift, super beautiful, super beautiful gift. It was in um, his Quran. It was the Quran, but it was in it was in Arabic. And then one section of it was in transliteration, so I can pronounce the words in Arabic. And technically, I was reading it in Arabic. And then it was in English, whereas before I was just reading the Quran in English. And so. This made a huge difference. So my learning shifted and it was reading it in transliteration. And at first it felt great. I was like, okay. And then I started realizing that I don't really know what I'm reading. It's so hard. 
I don't know if any of you have tried it, but if you have, if you have recommendations or tips, please leave it in the comment. But this is something I struggled with, is being able to read like, you know, it, it in transliteration, trying to see what it looks like in Arabic writing, just like Arabic calligraphy, and then rereading it again in English. It's a lot. And sometimes I just found myself just reading, not fully understanding. So then I started going back to just reading tiny ayahs, which is the verses. And the reason I started doing that is because I was listening to a lecture from um, an Islamic scholar and saying, what's the point of continuing to read something if you don't understand it? Sometimes the goal in Ramadan should be to just read the ayah and to understand that ayah and to study that ayah, then move on. And that really hit deep for me. And so tafsir is a way for me to get to know the Quran on a personal level. And so I highly recommend that. Um, and then there's, again, lectures. Being able to read um, and hear from Islamic scholars, uh, leaders. One of my favorites is Sayyid Amar. Um, and then the other one is um, Sayyid Mustafa Al-Khwazini. And I really, really enjoy listening to a lot of their lectures, how they break it up, what it means. And again, it's just, it's spreading the words of the Quran in a different way than as if you were to read it or even listen to it. Um, so just being able to find something that works for you, um, being able to find something that supports you to get personal with the Quran, but being ultimately just being able to stay connected. And if you can remind yourself of the things that come from the Quran and be able to bring that into your life daily. I think that's super helpful in your journey of becoming a better Muslim in the journey of maintaining that closeness with Allah SWT. And again, so this is something that has really served me in the bestest ways. So there you have it. Maintaining closeness with Allah SWT, once again, I it's, it's a journey. Um, it can be a tough journey for us Muslim converts, especially earlier on. So that's why I started off with the first things where I was saying, you know, get those uh, home lock screens on your phone, um, get, get something on your laptop, get something that's going to maybe remind you of Allah Taala. study the names. These are things that you can call upon, make dhikr. These things will make it easier if you're in a position right now where you're struggling and you're you know, surrounded more by non-Muslims than Muslims. And it's okay if you are. Like, I have a lot of friends. Actually, almost all my friends are non-Muslim. And it's cool. It's still peachy. I have the greatest time because now I have that deeper connection with Allah. Whereas in the beginning, I was really lacking, I think, that closeness. Despite all the things that I was doing because the trials was coming in. It was a challenge that had been put in place um, where I had to go through these hurdles and through those hurdles I got through it all through remembering Allah SWT. So maintaining closeness with your creator, with God, you know, it's it happens. And it could be like a, a bumpy journey as well. It may not just be something that happens in the beginning, if you're a Muslim convert, it can be something that can continuously happen because life changes. Life isn't peachy, as we always say. 
It can be very complex and many things can come up that can shift your focus and, you know, change the direction of where you're heading as a Muslim. Um, so thank you for listening. This is literally what I have for you today. Maintaining closeness with Allah SWT. If you have tips and, and tricks and or things that have support you and you think that um, can help others, please leave it in the comments uh, here on podcast. And you can also leave it in the comments on YouTube where this video and episode will be loaded. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others by posting it on social media or leaving a rating and or review. To catch all the latest from me, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Rising Convert. I'll see you next time. Thanks again. Assalamu alaikum.